0: Hey everyone and welcome to episode 171 of The Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers and I am here with Megan Francis. Hey Megan.
1: Hey Sarah. I'm just here rocking an imaginary baby so uh, <laughs> this will be fun. That sounds super <laughs> creepy.
0: We better... It does. It sounds
1: like, like a like a horror movie, doesn't it? <laughs> we better tell
0: people what the heck we're talking about. Um, so today's topic is a really fun one. We realize that there are these weird habits that when you're a mom, especially if you're a mom whose kids are getting a little older and you have graduated from the intense baby years, there's like these lingering habits you just can't shake. I re- yeah. I described them as phantom limb
1: sensations. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, well,
1: my, being a mom is like, it is like a muscle. It's like a, it's like a new, it rewires your brain. Yes. And it almost like creates a new muscle group or something yes. that does all of these things that before you were a mom, you never, ever thought to do. Right. Yeah.
0: And I guess we should even back up and say that when you first become a mom, there is some of the retraining that has to happen from your old life. In our um, mom fail episode, I told that story about how I walked a stroller out in the middle of a busy road because I like, yeah. forgot that I had a baby and a stroller and I, I couldn't just fit it up on the center divider and jaywalk. But that's kind of the same thing. It's like that was automated habits from my old pre-mom life. What we're talking about is the habits you just can't shake from having babies and little kids, even when even when the babies and little kids are no longer hanging all over you. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah, Um, we had fun coming up with these ideas. Uh, I also wanted to let everybody know if you listened last week, that was episode 170. At the end of the show, you heard me introduce Allison Thompson, who co-hosts the Crunchy Crunchy Cocktail Hour podcast in our Life Listen Network. But she's going to be coming on with me periodically because she's about to have baby number two. And we know that so many of the listeners out there are also pregnant with baby two or three or four. And so we're going to be following along with her. And so at the end of today's show, you just listen to the very end and you'll catch about a 10-minute segment. Allison and I are chatting about her second pregnancy. So you don't have to do anything special. Just listen all the way to the end. It's a really fun conversation. And she's a total sweetie. And we've gotten lots of nice feedback on that first little segment. So we're excited about it.
1: Everybody should always listen to the end. I think we should start hiding Easter eggs in the end, you know? it's right? like, like a gaming right. Gaming term. I
0: mean, I love the idea of putting bloopers at the end. Uh, yes, our friends at the Girl next door podcast do that. It's just that little bit of extra editing. Yeah. But I feel like our bloopers would be highly entertaining. really goofy, yeah maybe maybe a little more swearing than we do, in the yeah, that
1: could definitely be a thing, yes. That's from our O-U-R place dot com code mom hour. Well, we should get into this. OK, should I go first? I think we're just going to go back and forth, right?
0: I think we should. Let's OK, let's set it up in case right. we weren't clear. What we're talking about is these funny things you find yourself doing for the most part long after you need to be doing them. And we're all all over the map here. But yeah, you set up the first one because it's probably the classic. It's the one we're all this picturing. is classic.
1: And I the one that what I love the most about this one is you'll be like in a group of people and you'll look around and you can spot the moms because they're all doing this. And it's like when you're waiting in line, when you're waiting for something, when, when a bunch of moms are standing around, yeah. everyone is rocking and swaying. Yes. And like they're all swaying as though they're holding a baby, but yes. there's no baby.
0: Now, do you think that this is triggered in us when we see or hear a baby, even if it's subconsciously? Because I've wondered that like I don't feel like I do this just anytime. It must be if I'm if like there is a baby radar somewhere in the target and I've seen one. No, I, I do, do it all the time. You and do. you know why
1: I do it all the time? Because I had those kind of babies who were very unhappy to be still yeah. ever. So I got in the habit of never standing still. So if I was <laughs> ever standing for more than like a minute, I would be rocking or swaying because I was always holding a baby for like 12 years yeah. or something. I always had a baby or a toddler in my arms. So I was. I never stood. I always swayed and rocked. So for me, it's not seeing the baby that triggers it. It's just the act of standing. Standing. Okay. With. Yeah. Yeah. I can get behind that. I,
0: I did this just yesterday and I was at the pet store and I was holding a big bag of dog food, which really did simulate like it was a heavy one. So it was like holding like a larger baby or a toddler. And I was absolutely swaying back and forth, just just swaying and rocking that bag of dog food to a state of calm. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. That is really. I love it. I'm sure the dog food really appreciated it. I know.
0: I mean, it was it was super helpful. It's funny when you catch someone else doing this. I've had someone catch me at it before.
1: I feel like I catch moms doing it all the time, and then we'll like all we'll all like lock eyes and have that moment of recognition. And (laughs) and the funny thing is, it affects moms like for decades. Like you see older women doing it too. So it's not like it's just people who just you know just got out of that phase. I've been out of that phase now for six, seven years and I still do it. Well, so. I was I
0: was just before you said that, I was thinking it would be really fun to hear from somebody if you or maybe your mom or your aunt, if you have had an experience doing this or seeing someone do this when they are like decades out of new motherhood, yeah. I would love to hear from you. We'd love yeah. getting your emails at hello at the dot com. This is like it is the one that unites all mothers. Or if we
1: listening. have like grandmas listening who yeah. or you know people who are who are far away from like their own yeah. little kids. But I'm I'm so curious to hear if people if that's universal. But in my experience, yes, I've seen Women of all ages doing that for sure.
0: (laughs) Yep. So funny. Okay. So, my first one is also baby related. And this is kind of nebulous, but long after I had nursing babies or any baby, not just nursing, any baby who needs you frequently, I would still have these flashes of a moment of like, oh, shoot, where's the baby? Like, who has the baby? And I think you've talked about this too, but um, I've also had dreams about it. We can talk about that. But this is in waking hours feeling like, oh, wait where did I put the baby or does the right. baby need to eat? Or yeah. um, in particular, I do remember going back to work after I had my first baby. And that was, you know, after three months at home, it was the first time I had been away for longer than a couple of hours. And I was in a very different corporate environment. I knew she was well cared for, but it's like this, it's a, um, a little like neuro neuron jolt. There's like, yep. oh wait, where's the baby? And I feel like that lasts for a long time, even after you don't have babies.
1: Yeah, I will say that unlike the rocking and swaying for me, this is one that has faded with time. Okay, yes, I think it has for me too. But I did notice even when Clara went to kindergarten, I would have, oh crap, where's Clara moments? And then I'd be like, oh, well, she's not here during the day. (laughs) And, you know, so you just get used to whatever you're in. I have a really funny story about this. So I went through this phase when, especially when Jacob and Isaac were little, it's it's definitely faded with time, even when, you know, the younger kids were little, just because I got so far away from before having babies, you know? But I had this very intense, like I had lived in this area um, for a little while and then I moved away. So I only lived there for like six months when I was in college or like right before I went to college. And um, then I moved away and then I moved back when Jacob and Isaac were little and lived like in the same neighborhood. So it was a town I was only familiar with for two periods of my life. One was a very free time of my life where I was old enough to do whatever I wanted, Mm -hmm. but didn't have kids. And then I came back when I was older, but did have kids. Right. And Sometimes I would have memories of like going to a certain place and then I would have this moment of absolute panic. Like I would be thinking of myself like at a party. Right. And then be like, where was the baby? Yeah. And then I would think I didn't have a baby then dummy, you know, <laughs> like there was, a, yeah, right. I didn't go to like a kegger with a baby at right. home. Like I was, yeah, I was a kid and, or like I worked at the J C JCPenney down the road and I'd be thinking about like, just remember, remembering like what it was like when I worked at JCPenney when I was 18 years old. And I'm like, I wonder who was taking care of the baby. And then again, I would have to go, you didn't have a baby, dummy. Like, I would have these thoughts. I'd be like, yeah. I wonder where I parked the stroller when I went in that restaurant. Yeah. You didn't have a stroller. Like, I, and it happened over and over and over. And that has actually stopped happening. But it was, like, intense for a while, where my mind could not differentiate yes. between pre and post baby. That is really weird. That is
0: so interesting. And it's kind of like, I think, for a lot of moms in the first months or a couple of years, There's no separation mentally, emotionally, and just like for babies, like they don't see themselves as separate from mom either. It's like you're one, you're one entity. So then when you have memories like that, it's all
1: confuzzled. Did you have, and this is not really this topic, but did you ever have any um, moments where you were looking, and this happened to me a lot with Jacob. So this was definitely a firstborn thing was where I felt it the most intensely, but like looking at your baby and then realizing you feel like you're looking at yourself. Like you feel like Mm. you're looking at another arm or something. I remember having that feeling several times and being super weirded, weirded out. out.
0: It. I, I don't think so. I do know what you mean though. I do know what you mean. Yeah. I also, in my very foggy days after having baby number two and three, I would look at the new baby and like, kind of forget which one they were. I don't know if that ever happened to you. I remember, I mean, this is like in the first oh, yeah, yeah, 48 yeah. hours and like, kind of like, kind of feel like, where am I? Like, which one are you? Like, are you, have I gone back in time? Very weird. Like probably drug induced, but
1: yeah, (laughs) very possible. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay, so your turn again.
1: Yeah, okay. So this is one that people make fun of me about all the time. (laughs) This is this is with me. This is a classic. It's the fake seatbelt in the car. Okay. Anybody who's riding in the front seat, if I stop quickly, I throw my arm out in front of them. But I don't just do it in the car. I do it on the road. Like just last week, I did it to my friend Katie, and she's like. Megan, I'm 32 years old. I was like, I know, I know. But you might have run out and tried so like she was know. about
0: to step off the curb or you thought she yes. was. And, and you I put threw her my her arm out. in front of her.
1: <laughs> I do that like I do it all the time. I do it with everybody. And I know I didn't do it before I had kids. And I remember making fun of my mom right. for doing it like, OK, but this just is just a mom thing.
0: We have to unpack this because your kids didn't ride in the front seat a lot when they were really little. Nope. Right. So No. Never I mean,
1: when they were really little. So I don't know. The
0: front seat thing is almost, I feel like it's more like our generation or even our parents' generation when like there were no seatbelts and kids were flying all over the car. Yeah. Um, I
1: may have learned it from my mom. It's a very instinctive thing. Yes. And I, come on, I'm not going to stop someone from flying through this. I mean, if they didn't have a seatbelt on, I'm not doing, my arm does absolutely nothing. Yes. Um, I do think it's a little different when it's like trying to stop someone from stepping into in traffic, yes. but it's just like my arm just. Flies up. I don't know what. I don't know if it's just a protective thing, but I do it. To and I'm I'm
0: picturing you too because you had five kids. You know, from like at one point you had like twelve down to toddler. Yeah. And I'm picturing like that family in a parking lot or on a street. Like you had to be super on it. Yes. To make sure and my
1: and it was like I had eyes in every part of yes. my head. Yeah. And so all of my limbs and everything was at all times like the radar was going at all times
0: yeah you, it was so automatic for you i yeah. i think i'm the same i think i do this too i i notice when i do it and i will do it with all kids i mean it doesn't mean it matter if it's my own kid a baby yeah. um is you know how they do that thing where they get down on the ground and they stand up and hit their head on something like yes. the corner of a table counter and i oh, do you shield it <laughs> yes and so i'm like i will i will put my hand out to a corner of something as a yep. kid is going around oh gosh, or as they're standing too. up and My third child in particular is injury prone. She's a spaz. And so I feel like my hands are just, they're like finely tuned human bumpers. Like I'm always just like putting a hand out, intercepting and I'm pretty good at it, to be honest.
1: No, I'm great at that. And I will say I had another one that was like later in our outline, but I might as well bring it up now because it totally is related to this. It's just being on high alert and anticipating disasters at all times. Yes. So like if I'm sitting with a friend and she's got a baby in her lap and we're at dinner, I, without even looking at the baby, will move a ta- like move a plate out of the yes, way, move yes, a glass yes. out of the way, cover something. I think the or baby's going to grab, napkin. Grab, like you, grab a you, napkin.
0: You have that spidey sense that the baby's yes. going to spit up and you just anticipate. And yeah. it's, you, you mentioned it as like um avoiding disaster, but it comes without the anxiety of like a brand new mom. It's more right. like, oh my gosh, I have such a mental image and I don't think I can explain it, but like, you're just like, Hypnotic, hypnotically anticipating yeah. all of the things.
1: I am not tense around other people's kids or babies at right. all because the responsibility isn't mine. And right. I was around my own kids long enough to know that right. most of the time disaster does not happen. But you know, but, but I'm still, I'm like an octopus. Yes. I feel like an octopus. Like my <laughs> arms or my tentacles are just flying out, doing things and I'm talking and carrying on a conversation as though I'm not doing any of these things. But it's happening. It's really weird.
0: Yes. No. And yeah. I wonder if that, I bet that never really wears off. I mean maybe you're maybe your acute like anticipation skills dull a little bit, but I feel like it probably never totally wears off.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, no, I totally agree.
0: Okay, so my next one is I feel a little obnoxious like I wish that this didn't happen to me but it does. Yeah. So I was in the elevator the other day at the gym and the kids just went back to school last week. So I'm still kind of riding this high of all three kids in school every day. And there's a mom with Two, I think just two little kids, but it's I do it even more if there's three little kids because I see myself and I it's just a nice normal mom at, at the gym in the elevator with like one in a stroller and one little preschooler. And I feel this need to be like, oh, I used to be like you. <laughs> or like my kids are about that same age apart, yeah. or I had a girl and then a boy, or and like I, I usually don't. I usually don't say anything unless it comes up, but I feel self-conscious that I'm by myself. Like I need to be like "Oh yes. lady. Let me let me tell you. I know I, I know your life, and I, I, I really totally
1: get it. Okay. I never say I, like I hardly I never say ever it. say it. Um, very rarely. Every now and then, if it's like something we have a moment, yeah, and like the mom and I totally. lock eyes, or she, or if she's really stressed, yeah, you know, or like or like I feel like she feels self conscious because she's got these kids right. all over her, and here I am, single, sitting here, you know, in an elevator, and I'm wearing like nice clothes or right. something, and here's this mom who obviously like the times I want to say something is like, say I'm in the city. Yeah. And like, there's me and I'm going to some kind of business related thing yeah. or out to dinner. Like, right. Where you are nice. very
0: different than. And
1: yeah. I've got this mom and she obviously just came out of the pool. Yeah. And she's like balancing two or three little kids and blah, blah, blah. And I, <laughs> and I just feel like I need to just be like, look, like you too will one day get to ride an elevator by yourself. Yeah. Like, I just feel like I need to like somehow commiserate yeah. with her. Otherwise, I keep my mouth shut because I know how obnoxious that can be. Oh, like it's, I, it's people totally I try to identify with you and you're like, I don't care. And it's just really not love.
0: about them. It's about you. It's like almost right. wanting someone to know like that you to validate also made you. it through that. Yeah. And now you're on the other side. And like you said, I think sometimes it comes up naturally. It can be a very sweet moment. But um, the urge to sort of compare and in particular when there's when there's similarities, like if they have girl, boy, girl and I had girl, yeah. boy, girl, then it's like I'm just biting my tongue and like. Smiling awkwardly. Most of the time,
1: I just smile. And I trust that they probably will realize that, you know, because we're, you know, I'm a few years older than them. Right. I probably also have kids. Like, right. and, and honestly, they're not thinking about me anyway. No, they
0: don't. They don't have their, yeah. like, they didn't they're, sleep last night. Right.
1: They exactly. don't care about you at all. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> it's just that moment. It makes me feel very old, to be it honest. It does.
0: It makes you feel very old. And I'm sure that, like, so my kids are 10, eight, and five. I'm sure there are people. 10 years ahead of me who look at my kids and think, Oh, that was me in the minivan 10 years ago. So it's okay. I I don't think it's a bad thing.
1: Um, I think that the urge is natural. I think that like, I remember John and I used to laugh about this all the time when we'd be out walking with Clara in the stroller. Um, We did a lot of stuff with just Clara when Uh she was little because we like lived near the city and we were just there a lot. And, and people would always stop us and be like, they get bigger. Or they would say something super condescending to us. And we're like, yeah, we have four at home like we know. Yeah. And it, we thought it was funny, but really kind of annoying. Yeah. And so I don't ever want to be that person. Right. That's so true. Like yeah. if
0: I saw someone with two little kids, for all I know, she also has three big kids. In exactly. You know, and exactly. she's like, leave me alone, lady. Right. Um, OK, that's funny. All right. It's your turn.
1: <sighs> OK, so this is one that I have noticed a lot in the last like five years, especially because I no longer have little ones that I'm trying to manage. My kids are pretty much managing themselves. So I find myself like at a party or an event and there's not, there's no mothering to be done for Mm -hmm, me. And mm -hmm. so I clean, Mm -hmm. like, I can't, I was just at my grandma's birthday party. I could not, there was this huge rainstorm. The whole backyard looked like just a wreck and everyone moved inside to do cake and stuff. And I'm standing there watching like my grandma blow out our candles and I'm all uncomfortable because there's this mess outside and we just walked away from it. And I'm like, we should probably take care of that mess. Like I could not relax yeah. because of the mess, and it, which is weird. So like, I always find myself, you know, cleaning, throwing things away, bettering. And I was never like that before kids. Never, never, never. I didn't even notice messes. Like right. w- they were not a thing to me. And now that's like all I can see sometimes. No, I'm just,
0: curious if you were annoying. like that when your kids were little, because that's a hard time. Like, not or do you much. think it's sort of rechanneled like the energy that you spent yeah. keeping them put together? Yeah, that's what, yeah, I think that's organized. what I mean. Like by yeah. there was
1: nobody to mother. Like yeah. I think, yeah like I was aware of mess when they were little, but I was busy. My hands were right. full. I always I had enough to take care of right in front of me. now it's like, okay, well, that's all done. yeah now, what do I do? How do I be industrious right like you know, I'm like kind of like wiping my hands together right now and like you know that that feeling of like I have to do something yes. because I'm a mom
0: yes no i I totally relate to that and in my family, you know, my sister had her first baby almost a year ago, and I before that was the one with the three little kids and so like when if it's a big family gathering, you get a little bit of a free pass with like dishes and you know, everybody tries to contribute, but if you're the one looking after a bunch of little kids, then that's sort of your primary oh, role. Gosh, and then, oh yeah, no worries. Do you have a tissue for me? Yeah, I'll just pass it across the, <laughs> I'm going to wipe your nose. Thanks mom. <laughs> um, but now I'm the one with growing kids and my sister's the one with the baby. And I totally relate. Like my kids will be off doing something and I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm the dish clearer now. Yep. And that's yeah. fine too. Everyone yeah. needs, everyone needs moms to clean up. They
2: do.
0: They do. Um, okay, I'll do one more and then we'll take a okay. quick break and then we'll come back to this. So um, I don't think you probably ever did this, Megan, because you were not as structured about nap time as I was. But for many years, I had somebody who needed a nap, say between like noon and 3 p.m. Yeah. Um, even when babies took two naps, there would be the afternoon nap. And then when they go to one and I was pretty structured about that, that's when I got my work done, blah, blah, blah. But it took a long time. <laughs> for me to shake the feeling that we couldn't go anywhere as a family or I couldn't make plans or accept a birthday party invitation between like the hours of noon and three. And I mean, like a long time. I remember one time being on a weekend getaway with Brian and like kind of planning out our day and just having this instinct, instinctive feeling like, okay, well, we're going to be it's nap time (laughs) between 12 and three. So then we'll come back to the hotel. And then I'm like, oh, nobody needs a nap. And so I think I have shaken this. I don't think I think like this anymore, um, but it took years to realize that, like, there is a world of things that can happen that don't have to be at home and quiet between the hours of noon and 3 p.m. So I don't so know. I that, don't. Yeah, I,
1: I mean, probably like back when I had nappers, it I think I was just naturally home anyway. Like when I yeah. had that and I think you kids, were just more yeah. flexible. Like, yeah, I was more flexible. And if it turned out that they like napped while we were out or whatever, it was fine. Um, but there was, there were years where like, I knew that my kids would nap between, you know, roughly one and three. And I yeah. think those just happened to be years. I wasn't really, I was, I had lots of kids. I was just at home. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really yeah. out much anyway. Um, but one thing I have found about myself now is like, I get that way about the hours between like eight and nine at night because yeah. that's when I would be settling the house. But yeah. now I don't have my kids home like three nights a week. Right. So there's no reason why I can't be doing something between eight and nine o'clock. Yeah. I just don't think, I think of that as off limits. Right. Like, completely like out of the, the question. So yeah, I mean, similar. It's really Not funny. The same,
0: yeah. I, yeah. The same thing would be said of, of a bedtime for sure. Yeah. It's really funny.
1: We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know, what's good to go. My shoes.
0: Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning. And every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try
1: them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. to claim this deal, go to hyahealth.com slash mom hour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to hiyahealt com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right. Should we get back into it? Let's do. Considering I sneezed during the uh, last (laughs) little segment, this feels very (laughs) apropos. Very apropos. I have a thing about kids boogers. Yeah. I need to wipe them. Yes. Mostly. I mean, I don't care. I'm not grossed out necessarily, but it looks so uncomfortable to me. And I just remember that feeling of like obsessively wanting my kids' noses to be clean when they were little. Yeah. And also feeling like as a mom, if your hands are full, like the last thing you want to do is get up from your comfy seat when you're chatting with your friends and like wipe your own kids' nose. So I feel like it's like a, a, I'm doing a, a public service, a
0: community service. Yes. <laughs> so is this just an urge or would you act on this? In public, give me a situation where oh, you would only actually, with a friend's kid. I yeah. wouldn't.
1: I might hand a kid a tissue. Yeah, if it was like somebody, I would only wipe a, uh, a a kid's nose if it was like a close family friend. But like, if it was someone who was kind of like a friendish kind of person they sort of knew the mom, and they're running around with like boogers running down their face, I probably would hand them a tissue. And I don't know. Another thing that I think has become like a a mo- a mom habit is like taking care of other moms because mm-hmm, I remember yes. that being so important to me when like someone would help me out in some way. And you and were first, they, like you had yeah. kids before
0: a lot of people you knew. So you sort of then yeah. became like the mother hen.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, so it, it's a hard line to walk sometimes between doing something that's really helpful and being overbearing. And I never want to cross that line. Right. So I try to, I try to be jokey about it and like not make anyone feel bad, like that their kids have boogers in their nose. It's right. more like I just, Like I find it really satisfying to clean up a kid's face.
0: Yes. I actually, I I still take satisfaction in being someone who has tissues and like wet wipes. Yes. Not not diaper wipes, but like the wet ones, you know, antibacterial wipes in my purse almost all the time. And my kids are getting older, but I feel like if I can be the one who has that for somebody who just ran out or didn't remember to put them in the diaper bag, it's sort of like a, it's like a role that
1: you graduate into. Don't you always feel like a champion if you have anything in your purse that yes. can help another mom, like yes. a Band-Aid yes. or like um, a, something their kid will play with? Yeah. Like just, I always feel like a, a rock star yes. if I, I can help in that way.
0: I totally agree. And, you know, in those days when I had all the babies and little kids, the things I was remembering to pack were like the super essentials, like let's not yeah. die or like have a total, you know, meltdown. And so now I feel like having the little more luxurious, like you said, something to play with or a Band-Aid, yeah. like that feels above and beyond. That feels extra. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask about wiping kids' faces and your own kids. Do you still, like, find the urge to, like, kind of mother your own kids' faces even though they're, like, men?
1: Like Yes, and I <laughs> ruffle their hair a lot, yeah, which drives them
0: nuts.
1: But they, I think they like it. My you kids they-
0: do not. Well, that's not true. Some of my kids do not like to have their face wiped by me. Like, they are decidedly too old for that. But they don't yeah. always wipe their own face. So I'm like, either go in there and clean your face or you're going to get me, like, in your business.
1: Yeah. I, well, I definitely have stopped doing the thing with my spit. Um, cause yeah. Owen one time was like, you just put spit yeah, they don't on my like face. It Turns out. Like, hey, turns I out. They turns do out. Like who knew? Right. <laughs> um, so I don't do that anymore, but I will do this whole thing. And, and this also drives out. Owen's very sensitive about his hair. He's very particular about the way his hair looks. He likes it to look kind of tousled. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I'll come up and kind of like tousle it more. He's like, mom, that's not how I wanted it. Not so right. not the right kind of tousle. Um, I do a lot of that. I do a lot of stuff that it's like such classic mom stuff. I just can't help myself. You
0: can't help I yourself. Can't. And
1: then- I walk in and I think I actually texted you last week that I walked into my house and Owen was like laying on the couch. It was early yes. in the morning. He was just petting the cat. And I just looked at him and he's like 12, almost, he'll be 13. Yep. It's December and tall and gawky, but he still has this sweet babiness left on his face. And like I almost heard crying. I don't even know what it yeah. was. It was just, and my heart was just broken into a million pieces and I came and sat by him and hugged him like six times. So it was like, I know you're just so sweet. You're just so cute. He's they're like just tolerating me. Like, like, he, like in that what? moment, I think he kind of loved it, but like also kind of hated it and didn't yeah. know how to feel. Yeah. So That's yeah, really
0: funny. No, I, I definitely have the wipe, the, the nose wiping the baby. If we go back to baby years, like the, the spit up, like, yeah, just wiping things all the time.
1: Well, all the things need to be wiped.
0: Um, OK, so my next one is a little weird, but okay. maybe moms who have just sent their kids off to more full time school for the first time can relate to this. So when my oldest I mean, she went to preschool and stuff. But when I remember this is more like first, second grade, when she really like would be home in the summer and then all of a sudden was gone for a full day. And I still had a couple of other little kids at home, but I would see something out and about That, you know, reminded me of her that I wanted to tell her about. And she's like six or seven or eight years old at this point and almost reach for my phone. Like I've got to text Allegra a picture of that cute (laughs) kitty we thought. And then I thought she doesn't have a cell phone. I can't telepathically because now with our friends. And I think this is interesting because maybe it's when she was getting mature enough that there really was something I would have wanted to tell her during the day. Or I saw something that reminded me of her. And with our friends, what we would do is reach for the phone and text them a picture Yeah. Or you and I would vox each other. But at the but then she was still little enough that there was no there's no there's no way
1: to do that. No
0: way to do that. There's no telepathic connection. I can't actually in real time say, hey, look at this thing I just saw. And I think it just represented like that weird transition when they're they're still little and really connected. And I still spent so much time with her that we were very closely connected. But they're getting old enough that they're spending hours away from you each day. And I just remember and still sometimes, you know, they're all in school full time now. And I will think of something and I'm like, well, there's no way to, there's no way to do that. Now, I right. would love you to weigh in on this because now you can text your kids.
1: Um, yeah, but no, but you don't <laughs> No, I, well, I do, but I mean, like, I think maybe because I think that's an association I just never had. Like, I never really had the experience of being with Clara, like texting other people when she was that little. Okay. Um, she, I can text all my kids all have phones now. And so I could text them all when they're like at their dad's and right. I do constantly. Um, but like I don't, and Clara and I in particular vox each other and text a bunch, but I don't, when they're at school, I would only text if there was something they needed to know before the end of the day. Right, right, right. They keep oh, their yeah. phones in their lockers. But for me, you know, we've talked about this. You're just more mobile than I am. And you've always been more mobile than yeah. I am more more mobile oriented. So yeah. I'm <laughs> not sure... like I have more mobility, more yeah. mobile phone. I'm yes, basically I just sitting in bed. <laughs> all. I'm, sed- I'm sedentary. I don't do anything. Uh, but I just think that like, I think that is a more natural association for you. I'm guessing I probably had the same urges, but they just came through differently. Yes, totally. Yeah, Yeah, you're right.
0: And just the age difference in our oldest in particular is, um, but I thought that was kind of a funny one.
1: That is kind of a funny one. I'm curious how many other people have had that feeling. Um, Here's one that I kind of just came up with while we were talking and actually replaced that other one with it. And this is something I've kind of had this interesting experience because I've done a lot of theater and as a mom. Mm -hmm. And I've done a lot of theater that where the cast were very young. Like Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of shows with teenagers and young adults. Um, and you know, there's like, they all call me mom and like, it's kind of fun. And like, because I've played a lot of their mothers, but I'm also just kind of like the mom of the The cast often. And I like that. I think that's very sweet. Well, what's, what's interesting nowadays is like watching these young people that aren't my kids, which gives you a totally different perspective. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes I wish I could see my teenagers through someone else's eyes. I think Mm. that would just be really interesting. But seeing them as kind of friends, but like there's that line you kind of have to walk because they're not my friends. You know, it's like there's that appropriateness line and everything else. But like I just have such a tender heart for these Mm -hmm. teenagers and young adults. And then you watch all their stuff play out on Facebook. Like you see their trauma. Like, you you know what I mean? Like you just see it happening. Like you see their optimism and you see like when they're going through things and like you can see their personalities coming out. And so I have this like almost compulsion that if anyone who is, who I sort of have mothered in uh-huh. that capacity before, if they post anything on social media that makes them sound like sad or like they're in a hard, like I compulsively have to reach out privately, yeah. like, and I'll just send them like a nice message. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I try not again. I try not to be overbearing yeah. or sometimes I'll just leave a nice comment or something, but like, I almost can't help myself yeah. because it's just like, I'm not their mom, but like, I feel like this need to like come on and mother them in a way. Yes. And that could be really, do you, weird, but
0: Do you remember this? Is a tangent. No, I'm so glad you brought this one up. Do you remember when we did our episode? I think it's called The Adults, the other Other Adults in Our Kids' Lives. Oh, yeah. I'll link it up yes. in the show notes. It's a really, really interesting episode. But we talked about our own memories of adults who were not our parents, especially in like the preteen and teen years, taking an interest in us or just having that little relationship in some way, which was powerful. We like, yeah. and then we talked about you know, those people for our kids, but I, you, I'm sure are that person for a lot of those teenagers. And I yeah. think it's probably, I think it sounds totally appropriate the way that you reach yeah. out.
1: Yeah. Well, you're right. And, and, and not inappropriate, but maybe just like, you know, overbearing or something, but I don't think anyone thinks it is because like, and again, at that age, you need so much validation. And yeah. I think, I think kids today need even more. Like, I just feel like they're, they're out there just like putting themselves out there yeah. like for a reason.
0: Yeah. And you had the yeah. real life connection. I mean, you you may see it on social media and connect with them that way, but you had theater castmates right. is a very deep connection. It, so it is. It really is. Even yeah. in a short time, you've you know you have that history with them. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Okay, I'll do one more, and then okay. we have a bit of housekeeping and Allison's fun segment. But um, so the one I'm going to do is uh, I my wardrobe was very. Utilitarian baby nursing toddler for many years, and so if you remember, Megan, you cannot wear dangly earrings because a baby will reach up and grab <laughs> oh, them. Yes.
1: or like a hoop. I used to have nightmares uh, oh about gosh. a baby still, sticking its yes. fist through a hoop. Yes, I have or a
0: finger. It's like one of my worst ebgb's is like an <laughs> yeah. earring getting pulled. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can't wear those. No, you can't wear necklaces for a while. The baby will just eat them or yep. pull on them. And plus, you you, you have your whole if you have a baby on your hip there's so much happening in your like yes. collarbone neck
1: boob yeah. area hair
0: hair right your hair is up all the time yeah um and then even with clothing nursing friendly now i know that nursing friendly clothing has come a long way and you can you can wear whatever you want a nurse ladies so don't feel limited however i do think i just went to practical tank tops and t-shirts i didn't wear a lot of dresses because they would need to like pull lift down. all the way
1: up or pull down, <laughs> yeah.
0: right? And again, I know these things exist, and I'm sure you guys have great recommendations, but I just didn't. I was like jeans and a t-shirt, shorts and a tank top, whatever. But what was funny is how long that took me to kind of snap out of. Like I forgot dresses in particular because I like to wear dresses in the summer, and it wasn't just the nursing thing. It was also that I prefer kind of a short dress. I think it looks better on me, and it's definitely cooler. But you can't wear a short dress if you're bending over little kids. Yeah. So it's not even nursing. It's up through two, three, four-year-olds. If you're getting down on the floor or bending over, yep. getting kids out of the car, it's just not, it's not a good look, ladies. So I feel like that was one where it was a habit. It was an ingrained shopping and style habit that maybe is just finally, like, I don't think like that anymore. But if you think of it, like everything, jewelry, hairstyles, yeah, tops, bras dress length it's all shoes even like it's just there's like certain things that aren't practical if you're in the trenches and then like a whole new world opens up
1: you know it's funny I used I remember distinctly and I don't know how often this was a thing but I remember clearly on several occasions picking my outfit for a thing I was going to go to where it was going to be just me yeah and a toddler and thinking how will I go to the bathroom like <laughs> okay so I'm gonna have a toddler and one arm and you can pee with a toddler in your lap yep but it's very hard to do that and pull down like and unbuttoned jeans and pull yeah. them down. You, you almost have to have like an elastic waist <laughs> and like, right. Well, you have to almost have like an elastic waist. You can easily yank down with one uh-huh. hand or you have to have some place to put the baby so that yes. I remember some public restroom I was in and I haven't seen this in too many places, but there was literally a thing on the wall called I'll hold the baby. And it was called that. Thank you. Told and me it was like this. a seat that you stick your baby in and like buckle them in and then you <laughs> pee. With your hands free, which yeah. I thought was super genius, but I've only seen them like a handful of times and who knows how safe they really are. I mean, right. I, I used them anyway because right. I was desperate, but I remember that even affecting, like, how am I going to go to the bathroom would be, yeah. if, would affect my totally. entire wardrobe choice for the day. Yes, So,
0: so it I get it. Turns out that habit, those habits can die hard and you don't yeah. have to um, stick to those same wardrobe choices after yeah. you don't need to. Um, Okay, so this is really fun. I'm sure you guys listening have some more for us that we have yes. not even thought of because we had fun coming up with this list. Um, and so I would love to hear from you. A couple things. I have a couple housekeeping things. Uh, we mentioned this on Sunday in our More Than Mom episode, but we are on Spotify now. And specifically, if you are listening to this show on Spotify right now, either because you found us there or someone recommended us there, or maybe you are, were already listening to us elsewhere, but Spotify is your preferred Place, I would just love to hear from you. Just shoot us an email. Hello at themomhour.com. I'm just curious because um, I like to know about these yeah. things. And in particular, if you've discovered our show on Spotify, um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and same thing. If you're a brand new listener, we always love getting emails from you. It's hello at themomhour.com. I'm also working on a page for our website, which is themomhour.com, just for new listeners where we list kind of episode recommendations, you know, if you're pregnant, if you are a mom of older kids, if you're a working mom, where we kind of give some starting place recommendations. Um, And that is also what we do with our cue it up segment, which I'm going to do in just a second, but um, head to themomhour.com and just look for, you know, I'm new around here and then yeah. click over because um, that's been on my list for a while. See how much I'm getting done, Megan? Now you are my, getting so much done. now that my please, kids are in and, school. and
1: please satisfy Sarah's curiosity about Spotify because I know it keeps you up at night, doesn't it?
0: It does not. But I like to and I like <laughs> to hear from you guys. Um, so I'm curious. Podcast Spotify listeners. Um, OK, so Allison's going to join me in just a minute. We're going to talk about pregnancy, which is super fun. And before that, I'm going to queue up. I have two queue it ups this week, Megan. One for new moms and one for okay. moms of older kids. Um, so this is where we just give you a recommendation of a show from our archives to head back and listen to if you missed it. So for the newer moms, I picked things we shouldn't have freaked out about breastfeeding edition. This was really fun. It was from a year ago. It's from August of 2017. Katie came on with us. So it's the three of us. Um, and it falls under that theme of things that we really took way too seriously. And in retrospect, we're like, uh, not a big deal. So That's kind of a fun one. Um, <laughs> And then if you have older kids, I wanted to recommend an interview I did in May of 2017. And it's called Becoming Screenwise. The uh, author is of the book called Screenwise is Devorah Heitner. And if you have kids getting into having their own phones, getting online, um, it's a very not intimidating. It's a, not a doom and gloom conversation. It's actually, it's actually yeah. very tech positive um, and is not about banning everything forever and much more about how to kind of mentor your kids with digital stuff and not like it's not just about screening and protecting and you know uh what am i trying to say spying on their every text but more about mentoring them and that's a really good one so that's called becoming screen wise with devora heitner and that is from may of 2017 so those are my recommendations all right all right this has been really fun it was really fun okay allison's with me next and megan we will be back with everybody next tuesday Hey guys, it's Sarah, and I am here with Allison Thompson. Hey Allison. Hey there. How are you? I'm great. So last week, hopefully, listeners, you caught the end of last week's episode. We introduced Allison, and she's going to be coming on once a month or so for the next few months. We hope to talk about transitioning to a life with two, and she at this very moment is still pregnant. So today we're going to be talking about pregnancy. But if you missed last week, um, definitely head back and listen just to the very end, the last five minutes or so of the episode, and you'll get to know Allison and. Who she is and where she lives and all that. And um Alison, I'm excited to talk pregnancy today. We have a lot of pregnant listeners.
2: Oh good. Because it's it's something when you're when you're pregnant, all you want to do is talk about <laughs> being pregnant and, yeah. and what's to come.
0: And I think so with your fun. second pregnancy, there's you have so many more um you can compare notes against your first pregnancy, mm-hmm. but I found I I just knew a lot more pregnant people. My first pregnancy, I knew a couple, but by my second I was immersed in Mom world, so it felt like it was just it was everyone around me was pregnant. It was like being in a club. So it is fun to talk about.
2: It definitely is.
0: Um, so why don't we start with your first pregnancy? Claire is not quite two, so this is a couple of years ago, and I would just love to hear a little bit about that first pregnancy, how it went for you.
2: Yeah. So she she'll be two in November, which is just crazy to think. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that pregnancy, um, <laughs> the biggest difference for me between being pregnant this time versus being pregnant with Claire is that I was so focused on being pregnant Mm -hmm. and you probably I mean by your third you probably had no time to even be pregnant (laughs) (laughs) but you know the first pregnancy I was we were living in the city we had moved out of the city and sold a house um I was so focused on what I was eating and exercising and I just felt amazing from start to finish um and I actually only made it to 37 weeks. So I even really didn't get to that truly uncomfortable phase. Mm -hmm. I was just, it was just a great pregnancy. Um, And early days with this one, I felt, um, I felt similarly, which is why I was pretty certain that I was having another girl. Mm. Um, But it was, it, it was just um, the first one. It just sort of, I was so focused on it. I was able to just plan and prepare and feel comfortable in my body and this time has been very different. <laughs> yeah, cuz you have
0: you have a child and you know a full-time job and a podcast and um and maybe cuz you've done it before too possibly that it's um a little it's less new the first time everything happens. I also remember for myself um my first pregnancy I thought very little about the baby or anything past the first like delivering the baby and maybe, you know, looked into breastfeeding mm-hmm. a little bit. But
2: because you have no idea what to expect, no
0: idea what to expect. But by the time you have a two year old, um, that was actually a fun part of pregnancy for me is I was excited about the pregnancy and aware of it and all of that. But mm-hmm. I was able to project more of like, where will we be this time next year? Well, this time yeah. next year, you'll have, you know, an older baby or, you know, so it's like if you're able to kind of think past that just the birth. Um so that was different for me. I'm curious about how healthcare has gone this pregnancy. Now you co-host a podcast that's very much about natural living and mm-hmm. um all of that. How, where would you rate yourself on the crunchy scale for pregnancy and did that also change from first to second?
2: Interesting, that's a good question. Um I would say what's different this time is sort of the mostly the products I'm using I'd say from a health and wellness perspective like I said it's just sort of been less of a focus and mostly it's just that lack of time Mm -hmm. so so much of my time and energy is going into just chasing after Claire when Mm -hmm. she's home or working um and so I haven't had that time to you know those books what to eat when you're expecting Mm -hmm. and you know getting to the gym i'm just not able to really do that this time around so i'd say from that perspective unfortunately i'm doing worse this <laughs> go around <laughs> um but in terms of being more aware of sort of what i'm eating mm-hmm. i would say i'm doing a bit better just mostly because larissa will make sure that
0: i do. That you're at least <laughs> aware police. Like, <laughs> and um what's your do you go to a traditional ob practice do you have a midwife what um what's your what's been your healthcare provider situation this time
2: I I do go to a traditional doctor. So I am, I'm relatively traditional when it comes to my, um, my pregnancy experiences. I am going to deliver in a hospital and Mm -hmm. I did with Claire as well. Um, And I'm actually going to be going to the same hospital, even though it's now an hour away from me just because I did have such a good experience. Mm -hmm. Um, The nurses make it Mm -hmm. and the nurses where I go are absolutely fantastic. And I think that Knowing what I'm getting myself into is just helping to ease some of the anxiety about mm-hmm. delivery. But yeah, I go to a traditional OB. Um, I would say my OB is more just sort of liberal and relaxed. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so you know, I, I think when you first go, you can get a sort of litany of things to be concerned about, mm-hmm. and the doctor's not that way. Nice. Um, he's he's not overly eager to to do testing and um, just a little bit more, um, you know, follow how you're feeling yeah. and what we'll, we'll go from there, which is what I do like.
0: Now, did you, so the hospital is the same, but since you moved out to the suburbs, is the OB the same or is this a new one this time for you?
2: It is the same OB. Okay. Um, so do you although drive I go, far? I, okay. I don't have to luckily, because, you know, you have to go every two weeks yeah. here at the end. Um. So luckily for me, they had multiple offices and they go between the different offices.
0: Okay. Okay. That makes sense.
2: Yeah. the um, the one thing that is different is that I don't, um, it, it could be any number of the doctors, doctors from that practice that could deliver. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes I don't sense. know if you experienced that, but I actually didn't know the person that delivered um, my daughter because it was at two o'clock in the morning. So yeah. I, I mean, most doctor. of the
0: practices that were around in Scottsdale when I had my three babies were like that. I was unique because I had three scheduled C-sections. So I was an appointment on somebody's you could plan on somebody's it, somebody's yeah. but yeah, I know that that's pretty, pretty typical. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some fun stuff and that is like, uh, okay. I'm not going to ask you about weight gain specifically, but let's talk about how you're <laughs> carrying and like how you talked about, you haven't exercised as much. Do you feel at, what are you? 34 weeks?
2: 34. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: at 34 weeks, do you feel like you look and
2: your shape is about the same, um, or not? Um, Thank you for not asking me about waking. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say I'm carrying pretty much exactly the same. I get one of those big round bellies and mm-hmm. I get it pretty quickly. And um, I carry relatively high um, and I did for both babies. But just I, I get very my belly just gets large and you people can tell I'm pregnant really, really quickly. Well, and now you're
0: legitimately I mean, now like no one's going to oh, yeah. have a question. So what's the maternity no clothing situation been? Because I know, so your girls are going to be less than two years apart. My first two kids were just over two years apart, but I was able to make most things work because seasonally it was mostly the same. Um, so is that kind of the same for you? You really won't need any fall. I mean, it'll still be warm when the baby I'm comes. lucky
2: I don't have to go through the winter coat, yeah. fiasco that so many women do. I'm so glad. Um, no, so I've been able to make most things worth. And then I've just sort of picked pieces here and there that um, I can add to it. And then I actually do um, a rental service for clothes, the the tote. I don't know if you've heard of them, Um, but they, so they have a maternity line. Okay. And so I can get my staples. I've got jeans and work pants and um, tanks and things like that. And then just add on things like blazers or if I want to do a a, a dress or something. That is so great. um, And it's rental. So you return it, like rent the runway?
0: Style? Exactly. Okay. And
2: so you just get a box with with a couple of different items in there, and that's kind of carried me through not having to buy any kind of special pieces. That's amazing,
0: especially working full time and going to see clients. And you know, we can't just do leggings and tank tops for nine oh, months.
2: How much I wish I could. I, know. <laughs> I was working. Wishing.
0: My first pregnancy, I was working full time. My second pregnancy, I was working part time, but the part time was in a corporate, you know, in an office. So mm-hmm. only my third pregnancy was I fully at home and didn't have to do any of that. Yeah, and um, those
2: leggings must have been just so comfortable yeah. day after day. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So we're in the final trimester. You have a few weeks left. Is there any, are we aches and pains? Is it like kind of starting to, are you slowing down? How is sleep going? For yourself, not toddler sleep.
2: <laughs> well, actually, toddler sleep is going well. If it wasn't, I don't know what I'd do. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely slowing down. I'm probably going to be going, you know, I, I tend to go visit my client um, once a week, maybe every other week, and I'll probably be slowing down on that here shortly. Um, but we are crazy enough that we planned a trip to the Outer Banks um, in my 35th week. Oh, wow. So I'm still going to be traveling. Um. My, my doctor will be checking me before we go, making sure that everything's okay. But we've got an eight or hour, six-hour trip down. And just driving, and right? We'll Not flying. Just driving, no. So we'll just be driving. um, And then down there for a week and then coming back when I'm 36 weeks, which is when they tell you to yeah, kind of ease up on stay, the travel.
0: Well, there's some good things about that. It'll make time go a little faster because um, I feel like time mentally, it just slows down. I mean, your perception of time just slows down. So that'll kind of give you something to look forward to and break up the monotony.
2: And then you'll come back and
0: really be ready.
2: Um, And then essentially we'll be in baby month. So yeah, yeah, I'll be really slowing.
0: Okay. Well, this was really fun. I definitely want to link up that maternity rental service in the show notes. So guys, that will be at momhour.com. And then Allison, if you think of any other, I know we're, we're being a little quick here, but you think of any other maternity or pregnancy things you've discovered products etc we'll just link those up in the show notes because I'm far enough removed from everything now that I don't know and it would be fun so if you think of anything yeah. we'll link those up in the show notes at the momhour.com. and then we will have you back in a few weeks guys so stay with us um, and I will let everybody know when they can expect to hear from you again and next time we're going to talk about birth your plans for this birth and what your first birth experience was like and how how you're approaching that the second time around. So that'll be fun.
2: Great, well, thanks so much, Sarah. Thanks.
0: Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them
1: unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
0: Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code TheMomHour. Go to Erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K E R I K A dot A P P and use code the mom hour to save
1: 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life.
0: Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general.
1: You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, francis.substack.com.